0: It's weird to kind of emote it in a a way that's coherent, I think. It's just all a mash of, you know, like the the dreams from BFG. Have you seen the BFG or read the BFG where it's just a a load of stuff swishing around in my head? Right. So trying to make sense of of the BFG's dreams or feelings or senses that go around in my head is something that takes
1: a lot of time, I (laughs) I guess. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. I want to get better 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 acquainted with you today we're getting better acquainted with Kobe hello Kobe
0: hello you, Dave you're right
1: I'm all right and I kind of said hello to you just at the moment you were like oh'll I'll reach over and get uh, some water well some water and juice so feel free to do that voice do some as well yes please yeah, yeah. and and that uh, that allows me to say actually that we're recording. Uh, in my my back garden of my flat, the ground floor flat, and we're in the back garden. It's the, sort of start of spring, and it's like one of the first days you can sa- sit out in a garden with sunglasses.
0: This is what? this is the best day of the year so far, I'd yeah. say. And I'd say also it's it's the first day I felt comfortable leaving the house without a coat. Right. Uh, and it was the first day wearing sunglasses actually. So it's, that's it's a momentous day in the year. Yeah. I think. <laughs>
1: on cue as well there was some like soaring in the background and it's been like no soaring up till now but listeners should expect that that might happen we're in london everyone's converting their houses because they can't afford to move into new ones mm. so everybody in the whole area are like basically like building like you know the top the top flat or just try and become a house because they need to because they can't buy a, that's a, how a, a a family house sure the flat above us has done that there's a there's an extra floor that they built up there so that's a bit of setting some, uh, some birds in the background too, which are nice. Yeah, I absolutely. like the birds better than the sores. There you go, there's the sores. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me?
0: So, this is uh, it's one way that social media works really well in actually, actually connecting people in real life. And it's via the, the podcaster support group, which uh, Helen Zaltzman set up. Yep. And I think for a, a year I'd been a lurker on there. Right. And when I was finally ready to launch, I guess, my second podcast and wanted people to collaborate with and wanted to get other podcasts on, which is Flixwatcher, a movie podcast, and put the call out on, on, the, on the podcast support group. And you're one of the voices that uh, put your hands up and said, "Yeah, I'll be on there."
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was actually perfect timing for us because we were looking to get on as many podcasts as possible because we had a we had ourselves a, a new podcast, the Family to promote. Tree, right? yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we came and recorded with you, you and Helen, yeah, uh, for Flicks Watcher. I mean, that the we is me and uh, Jen, my partner and yeah. co-producer of the Family Tree. But had we met in person before that? I, I don't think, think we, so. I, I think we've think been so. at different podcast po- meetups. Yeah. Poss-
0: possibly, yeah, um, but we. I think I quickly kind of checked your back catalogue and I had I think when you came, maybe four or five episodes of Family Tree had come out.
1: Right, that's right.
0: And it was I think that's before shit really takes a turn as to what the hell's going on. <laughs> at, at the start at the first at those first few episodes it's still like it's a bit like serial and it just seems like a random mad drama. Yeah before it properly... I'm not going to try and... Before look, everything, kind of, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Spins on a, on the... The Earth spins on its axis Absolutely. and you don't know what's what's real anymore, yeah. And I
0: thought... I still, at that point, thought this was a... I don't know. I didn't know how real it was... Right. ...at that point. Right. But I thought it was a really cool story. Yeah. It was really interesting because before... When you recorded Flixwatcher, Watcher, yeah, we hadn't put any episodes out then, right? So a lot of people that came on to record with us were kind of like almost like a leap of faith because they didn't yes, right. know what me and Helen sounded like. We didn't know what kind of our vibe was. Yeah, but I knew everyone who'd come in. I've listened to all their podcasts and knew what they were right. doing. It was really, it's really kind of a, an odd situation. It's also been really cool to listen to lots of different podcasts that I haven't, I wouldn't have necessarily got into,
1: right. Uh, yeah, right? By
0: inviting people onto onto ours, and I'm sure you do the same.
1: Yeah, thing absolutely. With
0: have you listened to Wooden Overcoats yet? That's one thing I. Remember. I have listened to Wooden Overcoats.
1: <laughs> I have listened to Wooden Overcoats. I listened to like a, a couple of episodes of Wooden Overcoats and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I just like I would have listened to the whole series, but it's just so hard to find time to listen, which is, is frustrating because obviously when you make stuff, you you do best if you're also listening to stuff because it helps you to know w- what you want to make. Helps,
0: helps you know what's yeah, what's capable as well mm, in right. the medium.
1: And I kind of had, like, my, my, my solid podcast listening phase was when I had a day job and I was commuting. Yeah. And I was, like, also commuting. When I got to work, I was moving between different parts of Enfield. So I was listening to podcasts at work, moving across the borough. Sure. As well as listening to it on the way to work. So I used to be able to, like, polish through, like, you know, four or five like hour-long podcasts a day. Absolutely. And now I'm lucky if I find, like, time for, like, three or four a week, you know.
0: And it's quite sad, that, isn't it? I mean, I have... <laughs> At last count, I had seventy different podcasts on my that I listen to. Not all at any one time. There's a few that are proper subscribed to, and as soon as they come out, I listen to them. But um, it's a hard. It is hard to keep keep a track of everything,
1: right? But and, and there's so many new good ones yes. coming out, and I listen to one, and I'm like, wow, I want to listen to more of that, and then I just don't have time yeah. to do that.
0: I think that's one thing. I mean, um, yeah, congratulations to to this very podcast <laughs> for being awarded for the. Uh, British Podcast Award, but right? That's obviously going to open my eyes to like more podcasts that I hadn't heard of as well, right? And um, I hope to be there on the day as well to to uh, hopefully see you guys collecting right. the Right,
1: Well, fingers uh, crossed, we'll yeah. see what happens.
0: <laughs> um, but it'll be cool to meet other podcasters as well who maybe have seemed a bit elusive and you, know, you didn't know what they looked like, right? Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that that day.
1: And podcasting is a really supportive community, Absolutely. Like, that's what I like about it. Like, yeah. I'm I, I kind of I've got my foot in a few camps within the arts and the media or whatever, and it's podcasters I find the, the most purely supportive. Fantastic. And like open, like they're kind of prepared to listen. To, like everyone's very different, but mm. everyone's kind of prepared to like be different together in a room and not all like you know like like not, not there's not, there's not kind of like judgment or like no, rivalry well. or all those sorts of things which you do find in like you know the comedy world or even a bit of spoken word or any of those things. Not that 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 there isn't amazing communities within those groups too, but like i think podcasting is in a, just a different place we don't feel yet in competition with each other
0: no and, that, and that's really cool because i mean the first few podcast support group uh meetings i went to and meeting people who like south family Tree is one style but then you got gba and then you got people like the beef and dairy network right completely different styles of podcasts all of them very interesting in, in their own way and you're just kind of applauding people kind of going yeah awesome I I could have done that but I'm really glad you're doing that and if there's any way I can kind of help you out it's more than happy to Um, and I really love the podcast support group because you you get people once every two weeks at the very least you'll get someone say hi I'm about to do a podcast or hi how do I edit this or hi how do I do this and at no point do people say oh for fuck's sake yeah why don't you go to scroll to the top of the list and redo it again
1: right because we've and all been there I absolutely
0: like. yeah and, but there's so many other industries um, where they'll just kind of like shame you I mean I, I, I learned to code uh, be a big computer programmer and that was mainly online and you go in some forums and try and ask a question because it was just you spent days trying to work out yourself And you go to a forum and say guys can you help me out and they'll be, be like oh you should know this by now I'm like how's that helping me
1: Right. And
0: you know that they'd be able to answer the question, really, within five lines or less of, you know, five minutes worth to write, answer, to answer right. the question. And just kind of think, why why don't you just help me out? because because right.
1: <laughs> people must have done that for them. I mean, yeah. that's interesting as well, because, like, I did... I, I, you know, thinking about, like... Because I do a podcast called The Restart Project, yeah. and that's kind of about, kind of... Uh, a lot of that's about, the like, maker communities and people, like, sharing knowledge on how to mend things mm. and stuff. And, again in those communities online there's a lot of support and I feel like if somebody said I don't know how to uh, change a, a fuse in a plug everyone would be like help them yeah. rather than, <laughs> like rather than at say, them. Like, laugh at them which you know and uh, yeah and podcasting has that has that too and maybe that's because it comes from a similar thing of you have to make it yourself yeah. right you can't just kind of like swan in I mean some you know you can there's people who are, are produced by other people who are just I guess podcast personalities I guess but as a as a rule we all we have to work out how to do it oh absolutely yeah yeah, <laughs> and you like seem to me like as someone who's got a lot of ideas on how to do it. Like one of the things I've been really impressed watching Flix Watcher is first of all it's a very it's a good show. It was lovely being on, Cheers. and like we had a lot of fun and I, and listening to it as well. We were like, yeah, we're on this episode, but we'd listen to it without us. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, a, yeah, again, like I wish I had all the time in the world to listen to it, as many <laughs> things as I want to listen to. But it was like, yeah, that's a good show. You guys have worked it out really well. Like it's like structured really nicely. Thank actually. you. But but also like it's but it's also it is a, a really intelligent Idea to get other podcasters as your guests and to record like in, the, in a double batch, like yeah. you do. Like it gives people like an investment for us to promote you. And like there's a lot of like I'm not saying it's cynical. I'm saying it's a, it's, it's intelligent. Yeah. And like when you promote it on social media, like your social media branding, if you like, is really great. Like it is really like solid. Like all of the things I feel like I can't do almost or like are uh, uh, my natural fit. Sure. You, you seem to be able to like do it, which I'm you know very impressed by.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it is my job. Right, uh, right. My, my, my second career, I would guess, um, second turning career. But yeah, the whole podcast, the bringing other podcasters on had yeah, kind of killed a few birds with one stone. Right. A, in the fact that when you bring another other podcasters on, they already kind of know how it works in terms of speaking on the, on the microphone, having their own opinion and not being afraid to kind of say what they want to say and th- things like that, which makes the conversation flow more naturally I would would hope yeah and secondly it's like yeah there's that added bonus of being able to say well the family tree's on here so we could we could plug you uncynically and you can plug us uncynically and it's we've kind of been brought into the community quite quickly I feel because people would want to get involved with people who are in there and it's um, it's really cool to see people from a variety of different podcasts and just getting involved and wanting to work with each other in, in some way shape or form
1: yeah I mean and that's on both sides well I think you came into the community with like very open open hands you were offering things as well as asking things yeah. like it was very even coming on your show was beneficial to all of the podcasters who came on it but mm-hmm. also you were you you know you've been very like free with your time you know you had you hosted uh, a couple of podcasters support yeah, and stuff one, yeah. yeah at least what yeah one and like you've, you've you, you know that sort of thing I think that means you get welcomed into a community really quickly i think
0: i think and
1: uh, and i'm not saying again i'm not saying it's cynical no, no. i think <laughs> it's good. Like, i think
0: it's great i think that that is kind of just my be excellent to each other right. kind of attitude that right. uh, um I haven't seen Bill and Ted for a long time, actually, but it does resonate with me quite well, a lot recently. Well,
1: yeah, well, I'm interested that you said that as well, because I like, you know, in advance of you coming over, I sort of like did a bit of uh, Facebook stalking, like sure. look through like what, what it says in your about bit. And like your quote was from Bill and Ted, yeah. like, uh, be excellent to each other. So, uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're consistent with your social media presence. <laughs> uh, you match. Um Yeah, and like the second question I ask everyone, I guess we've started to to answer that, but Is what do you do now?
0: So what I do now is my main, I would say I'm a a digital marketing consultant. After leaving university, I did uh, an engineering degree, uh, chemical engineering, and I went into working oil and gas as a chemical engineer, and that was really cool. And by the time, I was well into music and used to blog and play guitar and stuff like that, so I, I built a music blog and wrote about film and and music, and that led me into the world of blogging. I was in Manchester at the time. Right. Went to my which first. Is, you know, where you're actually. Yeah, where place you. And right? the north, from the north. <laughs> and got into a kind of a, a blogging support group there. And so when I met there, I said she did an ambassador's degree in social media, which was completely new at the time. And it just seemed like a really cool fit with what I was doing and my kind of interests.
1: Right.
0: So long story short, I did the course, and although I. I really enjoyed learning. The one thing I really found is that I really enjoyed learning, again, because my first degree was more of a case of the parents, like, you're going to university, you're going to do this. Even though I wanted to go to university, uh, and I lo- had, had a fantastic time at university, it was more of, let's do a vocational thing. This time it was right. just about... Do, do something
1: that can get you a good
0: job. Yeah, do something that can get you a good job. But this was more about, I want to learn how this kind of works. Right. And what I found was, that's not necessarily what university is for. I think if you want to learn stuff, it's really it's really easy nowadays especially with the internet to be able to do and learn things on your own especially with things like forums like the podcaster support group you yeah. can reach out to people
1: I reckon that's, uh, that, that corresponds with my experience yeah. I think I've learned a lot more since university from just learning online Absolutely. personally you
0: know. I call it just in time learning right. where you learn when you need to know something uh, <laughs> and that's where the PSG comes, with, the support group comes really well because at least someone can give you a link to a YouTube clip that they use to learn how to use Audacity or something like that so yeah so I did the social media masters I was living in Norway at the time and then I finished that and started helping out small charities with their social media helping with websites and giving them strategies for working Facebook better and I just found myself doing that a lot in my spare time. When I moved to London, I carried on doing the same kind of thing. And I was working with small, like amateur sports clubs, like the triathlon club I'm, I'm part of. I joined them and saw that the website just wasn't up to scratch. And they said, like, you know, can I help you out? Just doing all this kind of stuff pro bono. And this turned into a lot of what I was doing in my, in my spare time and evenings and weekends. I come back from work and I'd be spending time doing this. So there's obviously some kind of neat uh, thing that kind of drew me to it, right? In a, in a kind of intrinsic way. And then the oil and gas market kind of crashed and myself and a hundred other people lost their jobs in one fell swoop. That gave me the opportunity to step into doing it full time as a freelancer, um, which has been rewarding in many ways and also been scary in many ways. (laughs) Uh, I know you've talked about being a freelancer, pluses and minuses to that uh, situation, I guess. Yeah,
1: I mean, for me, it was a similar thing of like my job went and so I'd, but I've been doing other things yeah. for years and years and years outside my job and like it's time to step into the thing that I've been preparing to step into but it wasn't a time that I chose to step sure that's what that's what the thing is like I may have had like a long-term goal but I would have stepped when it was secure when the footing was going to be secure yeah and I I, I didn't have that option and I guess you didn't either to a certain extent no but well,
0: that's it and we, my wife and I, my then fiance now wife we we're due to get married like six months later and that was uh, obviously the plans and stuff were based off of that earning that we had kind of uh, forecast I guess right. so that kind of completely went underfoot and then it becomes also a bit more of going from working with people you just want to work with because you think you can help them to like maybe accepting work that you're not necessarily that kind of interested right. in doing and yes, <laughs> doing stuff for, and also kind of working out how to charge yourself sometimes because
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I sense, how long it's going to take. Yeah, exactly. You know.
0: Managing expectations, managing client yeah, relationships, right? Because <laughs> um, previously, when he's doing stuff for free, they you could just say, "Well, go fuck yourself." I'm trying to help you out. Let me yeah. help you out or not. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't want me to, then I'll just walk away and it's fine. But when there's kind of some kind of monetary bartership gone into it then yeah. it becomes a different kind of relationship and you and need you, the money yeah so you
1: have to do it but at the same time if it takes longer than the, what you thought it's yeah. not necessarily easy to get extra money nah, so you end exactly. up kind of working for longer <laughs> and resenting the the fact that you know you took the job in the first place Absolutely. which is not what you want to do but yeah
0: I had one one person who um <laughs> they were texting me when I was on my honeymoon like is this finishing I'm like um, no, because I asked you for many things before I went away, telling you I was going to be on holiday, on honeymoon, and you never got back to me, and now you're me, for, now you're coming back to me with all these things, so it became like, yeah, like resentment wasn't the, it
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> wasn't the word, I guess, but that's, yeah, that's, that became like a steep learning curve, I guess, um, well, thank you. <laughs> understanding how to work with your, your clients, understanding how to find clients and... That's something I still haven't nailed yet.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. But I mean, you're enjoying what you do to a certain extent, right? Oh, And it's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, To the detriment of other things I used to enjoy a lot as well. Right. I've played a guitar since I was 17. Not particularly well to any standard, but, you know, I've not really played a guitar for a year and a bit because there's. I know that feeling. Yeah. (laughs) And, like I said, I'm a part of this triathlon club. I've not done a triathlon for a year. I've not really trained much for a year. And that was always just something that was really a really nice kind of cathartic at least just to go out for a ride swim or a run right
1: um, and, and just when, be physical yeah right. just be
0: physical just, and not think exactly uh, yeah. I used to one of my favourite things ever was to get to work in the morning and then go out for a, a lunchtime go for a run or a swim for an hour or so and then come back and I feel like a new person again and be able to tackle, tackle the day again but now if I go out for a run for an, an hour I, I can't relax so I'm thinking what. I'm sure there's something I could be doing right now. Right. Um, but it's getting to what it's getting to that stage now that I can do that and it's it's putting a big smile on my face, especially when the <laughs> weather's so nice like this.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. Like it just takes time yeah. to to learn how to balance it all. And I'm I'm doing better this year, but I, I, I definitely still feel like it's uh a thing I'm I'm perfecting. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, like just playing it guitar- like yeah, like I wrote a song this year and that's like the first time you know, hardly played at all last right. year and that sort of stuff. It's the sort of stuff I I find goes like, and the thing is that when you're working online, or like with computer type stuff, there's no end to it. Like, no. it, like just sucks you in, and then you're like, whoa, okay, I've been there for hours and hours.
0: So absolutely, you can you can wake up? Well, I mean, today I woke up at like five o'clock and I was on the computer straight away. Right. Um, thought I had one or two things to do, and then I get a message on Skype saying, "Can you just check this?" Right. And then. That's kind of sidesteps everything yep. sidesteps your plans and but then looking forward to things like this where I'm like yes I'm yeah gonna. yeah yeah and it's really nice looking outside and thinking right I'm gonna it's gonna take an hour and a bit to get here that's not a problem at all the <laughs> yeah, weather's brilliant the lovely weather put a podcast on
1: <laughs> right I mean that's the thing so like yeah yeah at least we can we can enjoy we can both enjoy this day yeah we have, absolutely uh, uh, made some time <laughs> for ourselves in you're a chemical engineer right yeah but it wasn't your passion, I guess. Like you say, you did it because it was a, a job to do? Or? I
0: had a, a massive leaning towards sciences when I was at school. Right. Biology being my kind of favourite one. Right. And I kind of thought, well, let's just do biology at university. And my parents were kind of... My dad's a doctor. And just said, "What well, you, you should really do something vocational. If you're going to go to university, it makes sense to do something vocational. Which is actually perhaps what I would suggest to people nowadays if they have an idea of something they want to do specifically in life, and university is a way to achieve that aim yeah. at the end, then... Well, in fact, I have kind of three, a few thoughts on um, further education, in that if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer and you have to go to university, then obviously you have to go to university. If you are someone like, and I quote Ed Sheeran as a case where you know exactly what you want to do and university doesn't need... You don't need to go to university for that route. Right. Then university is perhaps a waste of your time and money if you yeah. are self-starter and self-motivated and can get things going um, and the third angle is if you are not sure what you want to do right uh, and you have got support and funds behind you and you're so inclined to go to university then it will give you options perhaps more than
1: it's the financial like issue isn't it it is know, yeah that makes it so complicated now like yeah. I I think there's probably in the past, there would have been another category of just people who want to like people who want to become academics. Obviously, that's an obvious free road for them. But also, like you know, creative people, it used to be mm. a thing to like you'd go to university, and I did it, yeah. but I paid for it yeah. in a way that people in generations before that didn't. So, how old are you? I am thirty-five.
0: Okay, so you, I'm thirty-seven. So right. I, my year was the first year right. we had to do the student loans malarkey. Um, subsequent right. years, including yourself, have uh, gone through the same
1: that process.
0: Yeah, process which we perhaps weren't expecting.
1: Right. Th-
0: yeah, th- a few years before.
1: I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I didn't really think that that long term <laughs> no, in those days, to be honest. But I like I definitely was disappointed and surprised by my university experience. But then when I look back at it, I'm like, oh, I did actually do all the things I felt like I couldn't do. Yeah, I just did them outside of my course, outside of my university. Like I, I was a yeah self starter, I guess. I was like, right, I'll make a theatre company. I'll do this. I'll do that. And and didn't feel like I got it particularly from my course. But at the same time. Like it is interesting to think. Like, did I need to go? Would there have been a different way? I mean, yeah. sure, I wouldn't have met my partner. I wouldn't have met loads of people. So, I'm, yeah. I, I'm glad the way it went. But, like, maybe, maybe I didn't need like this idea that you have to go, yeah. which I think is kind it's of... false. Wasn't it? Yeah, and it, and it's not 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 everyone gets that. Like, not everyone has that pressure. And I don't think my to be to be fair, my family didn't pressure. Like, there was no pressure for me to go to university. They didn't care what I did. They would be. They would have been happy if I didn't go. Sure. But at the same time, like I, I guess a certain kind of middle class attitude of like, you know, that's what you do. You yeah. go to sixth form, and then you go, you know, then you go to university. Was uh, inside my head, regardless uh, of what I, of what I would like to think.
0: And it's that, is that, <laughs> that extracurricular that thing I think, which universities can do so well for people if you want to go there and absorb those things. And I think it's it's a shame for people who, I mean, they go there and get this straight first or whatever um, but they just go there and study and I think there's so much more to the kind of tapestry of the university within the it's almost like a testing ground for life that you can really go, go to town on Right. Um, and I I mean I went there and did a lot of different sports and that was great but then right. I, I look back and I think I mean when I first joined I was looking at the joining things like the, uh, the radio society and, and being in producing student radio for stuff like that never, never got around to doing that uh, and now I think oh you your dickhead, you should have gone right, there, at, right, least, right. at least turned up to one meeting, yeah. met some people. Um, I never did any kind of journalism there or things like that, just these kind of things, that opportunities that are easy for people to do. Um, I just kind of finished my course on the four o'clock on a Tuesday and thought, oh, I'm a bit tired now, I'll go for a run, I'll go and play football, but then I can't be asked to go to this thing. Where right. it's really cool seeing people in student bands and running. Ex societies and, and doing things like that. The but theory. then you
1: did do all that stuff eventually after yeah. university. So you did the extracurricular stuff that people do at university, but you just did it later than, just did it than later, most yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess and so you, at that point you were you you were being a chemical engineer, and yeah. that was what you were f- sort of uh, put putting your extracurricular
0: activities around. Well, it's been ex- a chemical engineer and hanging out with my mates. Right. It's the, and I really love my friends. Yeah. of i for from university. I think they're, yeah. Right, absolute, right. Absolutely amazing. So I wouldn't change. I wouldn't, exactly, I don't think. I would, yeah, and yeah. also met my wife in my course. Right. So right. again. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> I, we're not married, yeah. <laughs> So not, right. yeah. University's great. I think, I think, yeah, Ed Sheeran and also, um, Eddie Izzard, he went to Sheffield University where I went to and, um, his reason for going to university was to go and then join the Sheffield equivalent of the Footlights. Right. Because that's what he wanted to do. Right. He wasn't really caring, didn't really care about the, the course. Um, and that's what it does give to you. And if, I think to people, if you are interested in joining those, if you are interested in being in performing arts and you are have the drive and intelligence enough to go to something like Oxford or Cambridge, yeah. then someone like, yeah, I would but, consider going to join something like the Footlights because I think you have a fantastic grounding for. A future career in those kind of performing arts.
1: Yeah, I mean that's true. And and even if you don't go to Oxford or Cambridge, yeah. the, the the way it works. Partly is that you meet a load of people who are all going to go and do completely different things to you, yeah. And so it just means that by the time you get to our age, all of the people that you met and you were mates with have become like relatively successful or like in their separate fields. Fields, And then you have all of these connections and networks that you wouldn't have had if you just stayed within your original kind of group. I think that's part of it, and
0: I think that's one tip. I think that's one problem is that kind of. Insular bubble of hanging out with people you know right. very well. And right. One re- one reason I went to Sheffield rather than Leeds is because most of my friends in school were going to Leeds. And I thought, well, they're, if they're going to be my friends after university, I don't need to be there playing around with them every day. Right, I can, you can I mean, meet new you, friends. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, so so happy I did that. And I think w- one thing nowadays we need to be careful about, which is kind of being self-reinforced by things like the internet, is that kind of liberal bubble of right. what who you hang out with is reinforced by who you see online and and i don't i don't read the daily mail for example and i read the guardian online and you know
1: yeah
0: naturally when i go to facebook it presents to me the friends who i am more interested in hearing from for example yeah so when things like brexit happens it's like oh i did not i did not see that coming (laughs)
1: right
0: absolutely um
1: i mean i think i'm lucky or unlucky enough that my social media bubbles still show me some of that stuff right like partly partly because I kind of have quite a broad range of people that I know and they have some there is there is some difference in the politics within those groups Yeah, uh, they're not like there's not that much difference, like, we'd all probably be on the same side if, <laughs> if it comes to that, but uh, but it's but it's a bit more like, yeah, there's a little bit more argument within it, but also, I, I guess a lot of the people I follow on Twitter, or, or I'm friends with, kind of keep an eye on the tabloids, I see a lot of what the tabloids are doing, even yeah. though I don't read them, sure. like, there's a lot of, like, constant critique of what the <laughs> tabloids are doing, so I, I did expect Brexit, sadly.
0: Oh, no. Well, I don't know if that's an honest. No, no, I don't know if it's good
1: or bad. I mean, I didn't. I've not always made. I've not always known things were going to go bad. I voted for Nick Clegg, like, with the hope that well, that would be a new, change. I. I know. mean, I've,
0: I've, been. Yeah, <laughs> I've voted liberal all the time. I, I've. I. What. I'm, I don't really have any particular strong political leaning, although that's perhaps changing a bit more in the past past years. Right. Uh, but the, I was voted liberal Democrats, and I was happy when there's that kind of. What was it called? The, the Coalition. Coalition. Yeah. I actually thought that was a good idea. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> a lot of people hated it. Um, and when Nick Clegg turned, turned on his heel and said that, oh yeah, students... You know, what, what did he say about the students? I can't remember. But um, He wasn't going to resend the yeah, student loans. he
1: didn't sort out the student uh, issue, that, it, like he said he was going like, to. Yeah. He was going to, like, yeah, get rid of that.
0: And that kind of made a lot of people think oh, I was a bit of a shit heel. But then... I I previously thought that I don't think any one person has that much power so it's not just down to one person or him sure
1: I don't think it's all down to Nick Clegg no exactly not on his own but I think like it was it was a complicated time. Like I, in between, before the coalition formed, yeah. when they were in talks, I was outside the Lib Dem headquarters, kind of like protesting with a lot of other people. Oh really? And, yeah. But, like weirdly, I was like stood next to Billy Bragg, which was a bit surreal. <laughs> um, but like that, but that was about like if you go if you go into coalition with the Tories, make sure you get good can like get good terms sure and the terms we were pressuring for was to to sort of push for proportional representation and sort of change the structure of parliament to be to be a better one um and so i was very disappointed that they didn't do that and then i do think looking back now you can't argue that the liberal democrats in some ways uh reduced the damage that the tories were doing absolutely but they also kind of uh kind of made the Tories look better as well. <laughs> so there's, there's two sides to that. Like, yeah. like uh, I don't think that gay marriage would have been uh, passed without the coalition government. I do not. I don't think so. I think that whilst David Cameron, I don't think he gives a shit uh, either way. Like, I don't think he's prejudiced, particularly against gay people. I think mm. he, he, he thinks their money's as good as anyone else's money. But I think, like having the coalition helped him to do that, like helped him to sort of like go into the Tory sort of things and said like, Hey, we got to throw them something. Yeah. And that's not something that matters too much to us. Whereas, you know, students, we want them to keep paying. Sure. You know, so I feel like there's, (laughs) there's, there's there's some complicated things that must've happened during that time. And I certainly don't, don't think it's all on the Lib Dems. No, Uh, no, certainly it's like, it is maybe partially the Lib Dems' fault, but anyone who's more annoyed with the Lib Dems than they are with the Tories are making a big mistake. Oh, absolutely! I think
0: I was I was pretty gutted for I don't know why I felt disappointed for the uh, Lib Dems in the last election where they just lost yeah they a were massive lance- yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely massacred. I mean, I was at the guilty feminist uh, recording last night, and we, right. and um, Jess Phillips was speaking. Talked turned a bit to David Cameron, who was uh, who was being paid fifty thousand pounds for. A, and after dinner speech, and at the end of it, apparently said, look, Brexit isn't my fault. And the whole kind of hall was like, but it is. But I don't know how much it is, when thinking about it, I don't know how much it was directly his, but I'm sure the book could have stopped, he could have said, no, let's actually think about this, rationally, rather than ask people who have no idea.
1: I mean, he chose to put, he he chose to put the referendum in. Yeah. Him and the people advising him. Yeah. uh, Chose to do that. They chose to use it, to get elected in a way they chose to <laughs> they chose to kind of and like and if he did if he really didn't want to leave europe he could have like fought better for it oh well. absolutely like, it's a weird one isn't it because i believe in i believe in you know i just said I, I want proportional representation i want people to have more power yeah but at the same time I don't feel like a binary choice like that is actually power. I think that that's a mistake. Like, in in order to, to create a good society, you have to have nuance and complexity and thought go into it. It's yeah. not like yes or no. Yeah. Like, I don't like things about Europe. Uh, I certainly don't like things about leaving Europe. You know, and when they talk about, like, it being a majority, it's a it's a 4% mm. majority. So it's not really... Like, and
0: four, And a... Potentially misinformed, massively on, misinformed on both yeah. sides of the of the coin.
1: Right, and I don't think you can call something democracy unless it's an informed um, choice populace. because yeah. if people aren't informed, they don't know what they're voting on, and that's what happened. That's what we saw.
0: And that's what I, I would love to. That's the, that's the thing I would love to change uh, most in the political system is to make politicians and policymakers accountable for the claims
1: right.
0: that they're going to that they're making. I mean, yeah. This three, £350 million to the NHS thing, completely unfounded, but no one seemed to think that was an issue, that that was being touted as a key a key policy for leaving the EU. And hours later, N- N- Nigel Farage was saying, no, that's not what I said. Well, he, I don't think he said it, but it was part of Boris Johnson's kind of claim and that was t- oh, yeah, painted think... on, the, on the side of the bus, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it's just kind of oh yeah uh, I mean we said that but hey
1: well like the deal's getting worse and worse and worse and the conditions of the future being tied in with worse and much worse entities than the European Union mm. which you know like I say like I I have some criticisms for for Europe they haven't welcomed refugees as much as they should they tie up kind of business interests and they don't help help people in lots of ways but I don't think the answer is to partner up with Saudi Arabia and Trump like I don't feel like that's like a good <laughs> no way you know it doesn't make any sense um and like it's an interesting thing as well like that vote it they, they were misinformed but a lot of people thought they were voting about something that, that wasn't they weren't voting on no. but the thing that they thought that they were voting on it's really depressing that the that the percentages went that way
0: right the, the fact that they, they were voting on Freeing the United Kingdom from shackles that right. don't exist from well, it, it, foreigners, quote unquote. Exactly,
1: they were they were they were they were voting because they want less immigrants, but they weren't understanding that that has nothing to do with Brexit. Migrants will still be here, yeah. with or without Brexit. So they're not getting the horrible thing that they wanted, yeah. which was you know something that I I can't, I mean. I, I'm not surprised, like I say, like I'm not surprised, but I am. It's like how it's always surprising to hear that people would vote to bring back the death penalty. Like, people are always saying that. But and, well, like, that's depressing to think. Yeah. And it's like Brexit was a little bit like that. It was, yeah. like, showing me that that many people really do feel migrants are to blame mm. for their problems, which is, is not true.
0: And I, I I don't cry that much. right. right. <laughs> but the morning of Brexit I, I was unconsolable I just literally had no and I, don't, I didn't expect that in any way shit, that it's not, something just take me and catch me off, uh, by surprise but it really kind of floored me Right. and I think it was that kind of oh shit people don't think the way I do and that's you know like the BX, BX to each other yeah. and no one's being excellent no one's being excellent to anyone <laughs> <laughs> and it was that kind of being hoodwinked that's what well, people just didn't understand and had lots of discussions with lots of friends about it. I rang up people I hadn't spoken to, friends who were gay, friends who were, been on Facebook oh, oh, in tears as well, right. talking about the, the, you know, their, their kids' futures, Right. you know, speaking to her parents quite wholeheartedly. It was a proper eye-opener for me. And then you see things in the news, like the next day people typing in Google, what is the EU?
1: Right.
0: You know, not simply not knowing what they've left, and people who are... Uh, uh, on the news saying, "Yeah, so we don't get the Somalians in anymore. We're not going to stop the Somalians and other uh, countries right, coming exactly. in." And you're like, "Yeah, but they're if, not in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somalia is in Africa. It's not in Europe." Uh, you just think, "What? <laughs> what can, What is? What is going on fundamentally? That that is the case where we just don't want to treat people fairly, uh, irrespective of what they look like or sound like or." I, and I, I have this equal kind of love and disdain for people at the same time does right, <laughs> so that make too. sense yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you're talking about like, gay marriage for example and people of different races being treat, treated different genders being treated differently um, disabilities being treated differently um, my, my honest thought is I, don't, I honestly just don't understand why we don't all just get along with each other right. and it's really I don't know where I get that from I do like that habit. I hope it's in in, in a good way. Yeah, like with with uh, people, yeah, gay people of however far they are on the spectrum. On the is it the McKinsey spectrum? I guess McKinsey spectrum.
1: Oh,
0: um, yeah. Kin- the I, I couldn't give a I couldn't give a toss what the person you fancy looks like. Do you know what I mean if you right? I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care what Jen looks like. Right, I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm happy that you're happy with Jen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's how I that's how I feel. If, and, it's,
1: it's so weird yeah. this idea that other people's lives matter to, to people yeah like they don't I, I, I also feel that way like I don't I don't care what other people are doing as long as they're not hurting me or each other oh, oh, oh yeah like, other like people themselves yeah. you know if they're
0: doing stuff consensually yeah and it's 100% consensual like these guys in. I mean it's back in the early 2000s wasn't it when the uh, German cannibals eating each other right and I was like If that's what they really want to do. I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. That's that's the the most complicated, like, level of consent. Like, if people are doing things and they are happy to do them and they're happy with it, then it's fine with me, really. So one of the things my my Facebook stalking of you told me is that you speak loads of languages, right? Right. right? That's right, yeah?
0: Yeah, I've learned languages in the past few years. Right.
1: Yeah. And you said you lived in Norway. Yeah. So, you you know, for you, Europe's, like, less... uh, like a distant idea, anyway. Sure, right? you've that's lived in it, yeah. right? You've lived in different parts of the EU, and so you're, you know, the connection between these countries must be much more like obvious to you rather than the differences.
0: Yeah, I guess so. It was quite interesting. The first time I went to Norway, I was just there for like a week with with work, and um, I came back, and my dad, who's a doctor, right, he said, "I've any black people there." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just openly laughed in his face. I was like, what do you think? I don't know. That's maybe just the kind of generational thinking or he simply didn't know. This is a guy who's born in Nigeria. I was born in Nigeria. We came to England when I was like two years old. Right. Um, so you
1: are like a migrant. Yeah, I'm a migrant. Absolutely. That, I mean, that's another reason why those tears were so so strong. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. And when I, in fact, when I think back to when I was at primary school, um, you know, my best friends, best friends were Iranian, Pakistani, and and British in some way, shape or form. Right. And to me that wasn't, that was just how it was. But right. I just thought, yeah, that's, oh, there's people of different colours. You go into his house and that's the the kind of food that they're making. You go into that person's house and that's the kind of uh, thing they're watching on TV. And that's the you know the kind of pets they have and the clothes they wear. And it's just like, oh, that's how it works. If you go into my house, it's a different theme. Right. So it's just, everyone was, from the start, was like an individual rather than, a colour or a, yeah, a group, free, yeah, or a other, group, yeah. Right? But the languages thing is a is a cool one as well. I mean, that's going back to the to the learning outside of school thing, whereby informal informal education. I hated languages. Right, interesting. Yeah, um, you
1: can speak Danish as well, right?
0: Well, Danish is Danish and Norwegian are, are very very similar. Oh, written. Right,
1: okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So written down, I, it would take me a while to realise whether I'm reading uh, Norwegian or Danish. But it sounds it sounds very different. Uh, but I can speak to Swedish people quite well because the, the spoken language between Norwegian and Swedish is is very similar. But it's only after yeah the, the formalities of learning language in school just didn't hit me in any way, shape, or form.
1: But were you bilingual? No, no, no. no. So you, you were brought up like by with English as your first language. Yeah,
0: I might. That's a kind of level. That's a, a point of disdain between myself and my parents. <laughs> 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 and. The, the, the fault mainly does kind of lie in them in a way because we came we our tribe from Nigeria is called the Ibu tribe
1: right
0: and that's the language that my parents speak to each other when my, when my dad came when my dad initially came to England and followed by my, myself, my brother and my mum the initial thought was we are just going to be in England for a few years so even though English is the national language of Nigeria they thought we'll just, they'll speak English in England and we'll go back to Nigeria and obviously we'll be speaking all the different right. languages. And then, very, then they'll learn it. Yeah, then they'll learn it properly. Yeah. Uh, but then that just never happens. Right. <laughs> 30, 35 years later, right. we're still here. <laughs> and sometimes we're mum will say, "Why don't you understand any of the language? Like, because you didn't speak it to us." And when you, when you an speaking, it was always to dad or another or, or another adult. Right. In which case, there's a conversation I probably wasn't interested in hearing. Right. right. The, you know, where's Tom and Jerry? I'd rather be watching the cartoons exactly. on the TV. Yeah, yeah. I would love it if we did have any children that they'd be able to speak another language. Um, you know, I'd love to be able to put them in the school where, where from the start, from a young level, right. they're speaking Spanish or something like that as right. part of it. I think that, that kind of thing is really important uh, nowadays. Um,
1: yeah, and Spanish is a good one if you're going to pick one. Yeah, I think I think it's it's, a, it's like English. It's a lot of places to speak it.
0: Absolutely, it gives it opens up a lot of channels. It opens you up to the idea of learning new languages. Um, where we did we did French and German at school and I think in my head at the time part of the thing was well I don't want to live in France I don't want to, live, I don't want to go to Germany I probably would have had that same kind of thought with Spanish anyway but right. having I've travelled to South America and just kind of thought well this is great <laughs> <laughs> this is great we can go there and learn, learn a bit of Spanish and speak to Spanish people learn a bit of Portuguese speak to Brazilians and, yeah. and things like that It's. Um, I was watching a on Netflix, Noah, what's his call? The chap who now presents the, um, the tonight, the nine o'clock show.
1: Oh, uh, uh, Trevor Noah. Trevor
0: Noah, yeah. His stand up on, on Netflix, right. And him talking about one of the most important things you can do is travel and travel to places that don't speak English, right. And, you know, see how you do. And I, when I travel, I try not to, I mean, I try not to go to somewhere like America. Because it's almost too easy to just go in there And be, hey, I'm in New York And it's great, New York's amazing <laughs> But i love to more More get to Vietnam Love to go to Laos Love to go to all the countries in South and uh, Central America Right and, uh, You know, all the countries in Africa All the countries in, in Asia All the countries in Europe that just don't speak English And importantly don't give a fuck That you speak English And think you're going to kind of bulldoze your way through
1: Right um, yeah, I mean, when I went, like, I went on a school exchange trip to Japan yeah. when I was a kid, and everyone there just wanted to learn English. Yeah, like the parents, the host family wanted to learn English with sure. me and like the, 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 we watched films and the subtitles were like no, they were English films with Japanese subtitles yeah. I was like well I'm not learning <laughs> but I'm not, I mean I didn't mind because I didn't care but I should have cared and like looking back I'm like uh, you know I, I can understand why they wanted to learn English Absolutely. but I, I also could have done with learning some Japanese
0: yeah <laughs> it's, it's cooler nowadays kids are learning those uh, languages with different scripts other than the Roman yes, scripts right. in, in school uh, so the Russian Cyrillic and the Japanese and the different Asian scripts and, and Greek as well. Yeah. Um, I think mean, that's something that if, if I was at school, I would have turned my head away from it even further, right. you know, even faster. Like, right. I have to learn how to write in a different way as well. Yeah. Uh, do you, when, when you, um, can you read music when you say you play um, guitar? Or do you, are I, you a tab person? No, I'm,
1: a, I'm not even a tab person. I can, okay. I'm a chords person. Okay. I can write down some letters and I can play them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more like I can play basic chords so that I can write songs. I mean, sure. I've, I've, over the years, I've got better at certain kinds of guitar playing, depends on the context. I, I can do quite good choppy, loud, just do it in a band. <laughs>
0: Do you wish you'd learnt music notation? Bits. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, and I guess it, I guess we did. I think they were taught. Like yeah. I, I know bits and bobs. I learnt, tried to learn violin for a bit. Okay. So I, I should be able to read music. I can. I know the difference between a minim and a crutcher and a great quaver, <laughs> and I can draw a semiclef. But I mean, I don't know. I don't. I can't read music. Yeah. You know, I can't read the language of it.
0: And that's one. Of my that's one thing I'd love to do more of right. yeah I can't read music and it's had all the opportunities to read music well to do had to record and my parents said you want to do music classes uh, and at the time every kind of indication of any kind of uh, representation of learning music was just that it was boring to do right. and you're doing the scales la, 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 right. on a piano kind of thing I just right. thought that's not interesting um, but I didn't realise that all the music I love is built up on these kind right. of things and at the time, I kind of turned my nose up at classical music. But then loved the fanfare from Star Wars. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's right. just, you just don't, I just don't understand that these things are...
1: I was like that. I went to a guitar teacher at school, and I was going to learn guitar from him, and then he was like, you need to learn all the notes. And I was like, no, I want to be able to play the songs straight away. <laughs> and so I, so I didn't learn notes, and I went off and learned chords off mates and like I, I feel the same way. Like now I really wish I'd learn and I, I think there's maybe a, a midpoint point, like if you if you're teaching a kid yeah, like it's probably a good idea to teach them something that they like absolutely straight away. Yeah. So I think you could teach someone how to play the chords of a song they like and then once they're playing that mm-hmm. go now let's learn the let's learn the other let's stuff. Let's see how let's, let's show you how this works. Yeah, exactly. Actually. Yeah. But I mean that said like I I'm the one who's missed out, not the guitar teacher. No. <laughs> <laughs> Before we started recording, one thing you thought would be interesting to talk about was kind of what your past year has been like, and that includes Brexit, but I guess not just Brexit, and how this has been a kind of reflective year for you. Mm. What's that been like?
0: It's been it's been it has been a tough year, and it's been um, it's one I've not been I've had to often take myself take a step back and think what's going on, what what pieces are moving around and um, try and not try and work out how things start together but try and have an overall kind of understanding I mean if you take it from year to from, yeah, April to April the, almost, the financial year because the start of 2016 was like great yeah. yeah. but then Brexit happened obviously that led into Trump right. going on but then there's, there's cool things happening with a launching Flixwatch which was awesome and really right. really loved that doing another podcast, which is uh, Copastar Digital, which is related to my digital marketing consultancy and company.
1: And that was the one you did done first?
0: Yeah, that was the I did first. Yeah. And then things like doing more kind of speaking and teaching and workshops in, in digital marketing. So getting a bit of a name out there for myself in terms of how to teach people, really enjoying teaching people how to do these things. Not being the person on the forum that says, oh, you should know this by now, but kind of taking it as an opportunity to understand what people do and don't know and right. being able to try and relate that back to them and say oh, okay, so it doesn't matter if you're on WordPress or Squarespace or this, that, and the other. It doesn't really fundamentally matter. It kind of matters what you want to do with it and what your kind of angle is in yourself. With podcasting, for example, people ask what microphone should we use, what kind of editing software should we use, and if you're kind of focused too much on the tools and the actual equipment that you're using, then you may be losing out on the actual kind of creative side yeah. of things a lot. Right. So those things were really kind of cool. But then you had yeah Brexit and Trump. And then in November, my dad had a stroke, and he's only recently come out of hospital in right. the last year. One of, my friend, one of my wife's best friends got killed in a car accident God. in in London, and recently found out one of my friends, one of my best friends, who's one of my closest. at my wedding. His mum's got breast cancer. She's going to chemo.
1: Right.
0: Um, so it's just become that kind of year. This this has been the year of kind of understanding. I guess not mortality, but just kind of taking, really thinking about what is what matters and what doesn't matter and what kind of is important and not and that's where I came, kind of came up with the. I mean I've always kind of thought just treat people with the respect and I'm better than no one else and no one else is better than me kind of attitude that really kind of solidified a lot more this year with the year that's not just happened to me obviously right. but it's, it's other people and it's weird to kind of uh, emote it in a, in a way that's coherent I think it's just still a mash of you know, that the, the dreams from BFG. Have you seen the BFG or read the BFG? Yeah, yeah, where it's just yeah. a, a load of stuff swishing around in my head.
1: Right.
0: So trying to make sense of of the BFG's dreams, right, or feelings or senses that go around in my head is something that takes a lot of time. I guess. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds like an important
1: year. I guess. I think. So,
0: I think so. And this, I mean, since coming to London as well, it's the first time meeting people. I've known people who are gay before, but I've never had someone who, i say, is a friend who's gay, for example, right. first time meeting people who identify as transgender right. somewhere along along the spectrum. And I don't know if that's... I don't feel like I'm feeling like, like oh, that's a, a few tick boxes in there, but that's a point of view that I never had to really deal with before, and that's and that's completely awesome. I wish other right. people had that kind of stuff. So there's, there's lots of wicked stuff. There. Like, the first time I heard someone announcing their pronoun in a conversation before, I... Don't know, I wouldn't have scoffed or would have kind of looked on it with a, what, what on earth are you guys doing? Right. But now understanding that people want to be referred to as the, whichever pronoun they want to be referred to as. Yeah, 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 and, and that's absolutely fine. Right. And I'm still loving the fact I'm learning about different people in different ways. I mean, and it, would, st-
1: it would be wonderful, I think, if, if if it, like, it's really lovely hearing you say that, though. Like, it, one of the things I think is, is sad is that so many people don't look at when they find people who are different they don't go oh that's interesting yeah. and uh, great and instead they go like oh I don't want to know oh that's weird that's yeah. you know whereas you're like embracing those, well, uh, those, those and that's great mm-hmm. you're embracing difference and like and enjoying it
0: and I've I've heard you talking about it on GBA and also some of <clears throat> the, the cuttings as well and the family tree right the kind of L- LGBTQIA
1: yeah. yeah
0: I mean that was the first That was. I mean when I was at university it was just L- LGB, yeah. Uh, when T went in there, when Q went in there, I'm sure I first time I saw that written down, there's perhaps a small scoff from me. Thinking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's What's that reasonable for? in some yeah. ways. And I, the I is the newest one for me. Right. As it intersects, is it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and that's, I just think, just love everyone to be happy and not hurt each other. Right. So whatever makes you like the happiest and, um, doesn't impinge on other people's happiness is absolutely a-okay. Right. And I don't know how I can affect that in any way. i Don't know if I can. If just being aware of that more is a huge leap forward, and trying to impress that with people is is a is a good thing. Is really, I just I feel happy that I'm in that kind of space of, of being there. And I went like I said again, going back to the the guilty feminist recording last night. I was there, I was there by myself, my wife's away today, she probably wouldn't have gone anyway, she doesn't, she doesn't listen to the podcast, <laughs> um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fantastically awesome podcast yeah, it's and it's a great show. and it's fucking hilarious and out of absolute randomness, a girl directly behind me was my, one of my friends from school and I hadn't seen her for like five years and it's such the most it was the most random well not the most random it was much more random coincidence. she lives in London I live in London we've not seen each right, other right, right. for a while but you know th- the fact that she was sat directly behind me and we haven't seen each other for five years and she was asking me like why how can you hear by yourself I didn't have you down as a feminist or so I'm, I'm not sure what that means if that's a slight against me or if I. Do you identify as a feminist or identify as someone? I, I mean, just like.
1: There's a lot of complexity around yeah, absolutely, that. Absolutely, anyway. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I identify as a feminist, Yeah. personally. Uh, but there's a few different fem, feminisms, and like, so I, I only identify with some of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I identify. Um, I mean, when when I first heard the word feminism back in the 90s, it was not one of fear, but I didn't really understand what it meant. But when the, the meaning of that. The meaning of it that I take is just treating women equally to men, and yeah. that's in that in that respect, I'm 100% a feminist.
1: That's absolutely one form of feminism. Yeah, there.
0: and that's the way I kind of identify with that, uh, <laughs> with the F word. With yeah. some <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs>
1: she was surprised that you were there, and you felt like, well, you. I guess you wouldn't have been surprised that she was there because like, we assumed that a woman might be a feminist, or would you, were you all equally surprised that she? Was into
0: that now? No, I wouldn't surprise because I mean, I, generally, our friends group, our friends group, is quite liberal and, and looking forward. But I, yeah, I, I can't understand any woman that doesn't want, would want women to be equal to men.
1: That is hard to understand. Um, I agree.
0: <laughs> so in that respect, I, mean, I was there. I was perhaps five to ten percent of the men were perhaps five to ten percent of the audience yeah. there. Um, and that kind of angers me in a way it's like guys just get out there and don't be a dick Um, it's not you're not going to lose your penises by going to a a comedy performance that's fronted completely by women
1: but it, but equally, it's also like it's 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 probably good for men to feel like they're in, in a minority in that sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, as well, like and and <laughs> and you know, you know, maybe the the guilty feminist audience are quite happy that there's a kind of small amount of men rather than a load of men. Yeah, I guess And that might so. change the kind of atmosphere. Dynamics, yeah. But I, but I agree. Like I think that show works for men as well as women, and, and in fact for all genders. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it's been a real pleasure getting Barry <laughs> acquainted to you, and like. The last question that I ask everybody is, do you have anything to plug?
0: I Yeah, I have a couple of things to plug. First thing is Flix Watcher podcast, of course, this, that's how we met. That is. Um still going, still going, strong, really enjoying it still.
1: And I, I realise, I don't know if we sketched out the concept when we were talking about it. Like. Yeah,
0: that's true, actually. So Flix Watcher, we review films on Netflix, and that's the long and short of it, but it's yeah. obviously more complex than that, so we get... Two podcasters on myself and my co-host Helen uh, get two podcasters on every episode. They're tasked with choosing the films and bringing it to the party. We've all watched the film separately and then have like a table discussion about it: good, bad, and the ugly. Always interesting, always insightful, always great to hear what people thought of a film and bring different aspects to something that you, you know, I've, I've liked more films that I, I thought were complete shite and it's taken a few points off films that I thought were particularly awesome in, in the past. Yeah, and I mean one key point of differentiation between ourselves and other film podcasts is that we a it's the the films on Netflix that we review. So we so
1: anyone listening can also watch them. That's uh, a really great. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was a creative point actually. We thought about because we wanted to do a film podcast, but the logistics of going to review a film or multiple films at the cinema. Right, right, right. It's
1: uh, it's costly. It's all sorts of things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then there's a kind of timeliness to it that which meant that once we got an episode out, then wouldn't necessarily have that kind of Evergreen this, but you know a film on Netflix, which is a reasonable a reasonable monthly subscription, it means that anyone who's interested can watch those films and get yeah. insight to, it and you know hopefully recommending films to people that they hadn't thought of,
1: and also you're thinking about film from the point of view of people sitting at home watching it. Yeah, on, the, sc- like, the scoring on system or whatever. Yeah. And so that's that's a really that's a good thing yeah. uh, about it. It kind of differentiates it, like it's it it differentiates it from other film uh, podcasts that are out there.
0: Yeah. So we have the the Netflix rating system or scoring system. I don't think, I don't think I'm not sure if we've come up with a particular uh, name for it, but it's it's a cat- it's like split into four categories. Yeah. One being recommendability score, which I spoke with Helen Zaltzman about this, and she said it makes sense. So that's good enough for me as a word <laughs> small screen score, um, which talks about how relevant, how interesting, or how good is this a film to watch on in the home environment as opposed to in the right. cinema, which I think is important for yeah. Netflix. There's some, I mean, I would never. I loved. I watched Gravity in the cinema in IMAX, and I don't think I'd ever watch it again
1: in a different format. Yeah, in a different yeah. format.
0: It's just there's just no point to that film outside of that. So that that would yeah. have a, a low small screen score, for example.
1: Jen, for example, I can't get her to go and see a horror movie in the cinema. Yeah. But some horror movies she will watch at home. Yeah. Like it's a, there's definitely a different kind of approach that you Absolutely. have
0: with these things. Yeah. And then the yeah the repeat viewing score is a good one because you know your favourite films you can that's the thing about Netflix and DVDs that you can watch the thing again and again at no added cost <laughs> but i mean it's
1: i like i like that scoring system too like i like the, that whole bit because it kind of like it took like it was much it's much it was much more interactive and like it made a lot more sense than any other kind of ratings oh, good. systems i like like <laughs> i don't like really i don't really like rating things mm. as you know from where it was, was in that episode <laughs> but in those episodes but i yeah like out of all of the rating systems that's like, like one of the nicest ones seems fair yeah seems fair yeah. cool well, thanks a lot um right so that's that podcast and then you've got an, your other
0: podcast Uh, the other podcast is called the Cobestar Digital Podcast and that's where I interview people who are in small business or doing something in digital marketing that primarily selfishly I want to speak and chat with them so podcasting is a great way to reach out and connect with those people it's a good excuse to Uh, have the
1: conversations you want to have absolutely yeah
0: yeah. and to impart that knowledge onto people who are interested in hearing from those people so that's really good that's that's almost like getting better acquainted digitally yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's a, that's a lot smaller podcast and that's more not i mean absolutely feel free guys to listen to it
1: yeah listen but, to whichever one you yeah, want yeah absolutely <laughs> um
0: but a second thing i wanted to plug was again going back... To, i'm i'm plugging a guilty feminist here a lot actually you have yeah you have been but uh, Jess Phillips she was awesome last night and she has a book out called every woman subtitle one woman's truth about speaking the truth so she's uh, a labor mp and she was talking about all sorts of things last night I guess in rape threats there's a chapter in this book about trolling I have literally I came here via going to Waterstones because the book sold out last night at the showing and I was like I need to I need to get this but I think everyone should seek out every woman even though I've only read like 15 pages so far but I'm loving it already and I think it's a. am not being paid for this No, sure you're not <laughs> I, Yeah, that's right I went out and got this myself and just think um, people need to It's
1: on the table in front of us It is, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but I'd love to plug that on, on their behalf because uh, I think it's uh, it's a really cool thing to, to do.
1: Excellent. Well, those are some excellent plugs. Um, and the last thing that I ask my guests to do is to say goodbye to the audience.
0: Uh, do you ever listen to the Nerdist uh, I have listened to the Nerdist, yeah. So I, he, he signs off by saying, enjoy your burrito. That's true. So I'm going to sign off in that way. Feel free. <laughs> so enjoy your burrito, guys.
1: Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> If you want to, you can vote for Getting Better Acquainted or my other podcast, The Family Tree, for the British Podcast Awards. There's a listener's choice option as part of those awards and your listeners and maybe, just maybe, you will choose me. Uh, you can do that over at the British Podcastawards.com. I'm also working on series two of The Family Tree, me and my partner, Jen. Look out for more Family Tree. And if you haven't heard the first series, it's all there uh, over on the website, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, all the places that podcasts go to hang out. So you can listen to that show from the beginning. You can follow Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can like getting better acquainted on facebook and you can find getting better acquainted on itunes soundcloud those kind of places one thing that really helps the show if you have some time it would be for you to leave a rating and a review on itunes uh, telling people about the show and why you like it if you have money to spare and you want to support what i do then you can donate to the show via the paypal link that you can find on the soundcloud page if you want to support the family tree you can sign up to the patreon that would be so helpful because we're making the second season and so we need a budget and we need to pay people and so you could help us to do that but remember there are lots of ways to get better acquainted